This episode originally aired in 2021. You're listening to Here and Queer, a five-part documentary series created by Umbrella on Liffey Sound FM about what it's like to come to Ireland as an LGBTQ adult. I'm your host, Keen Sullivan. This is episode one. In today's episode, we're speaking with Tomás Santillón, who shares his experience growing up in a Catholic family in Argentina, his struggles around coming out, and how he arrived in Dublin. This was recorded outside due to the COVID-19 restrictions at the time, so expect to hear some ambient noise of Marion Square in Dublin. My name is Tomás Santillán, I'm from Argentina, and I'm an architect, and I'm also like a designer, and I love plants. Is your heritage... All Argentinian? I have the Italian passport, so apparently there's some Italian and Spanish old relatives okay, in my like family. And as far as I know, because my, my father's family come from the north of Argentina, and apparently, well, that area over there had a lot of like native tribes, and apparently there's like one really far away that's from, from one of those tribes, I don't know. But yeah, most of us are like, Spanish and Italian. Most of it is Spanish, I think. Okay. Yeah. And are you, where in Argentina are you from? I'm from San Isidro, uh, which is like in the suburbs of Buenos Aires. It is a really nice and calm area. It's a little bit uh, fancy, they would say. Okay. Is that like suburban? Yeah. Okay. But it'll be like rough mines here, perhaps. All right. Or... Yeah, but a little bit more like further away from the city center. Mm. I would I I would like have my own my garden, my house. I I live in a house with my garden. I just walked to the school with like trees. It was amazing. And I was like five blocks away from the river, which is a really big river. Okay. I mean, not I love the leafy. <laughs> but it's not like the leafy cuz I mean, you couldn't see the other side of the river. Actually. Oh, okay, wow. So it's huge. Yeah. So it was really cool, actually, living there, growing up there. It was really, um, I was really, cl- I'm really close to my family. How many of you are there? We are, I have three siblings, three okay. sisters and myself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the second one. They're all back there in Argentina. Uh, but we're really close, like with my, with my actual family, like my sisters and my, fa- and my, my parents, but also with my grandparents, well, now my grandmother and my cousins. So it's actually really good. It's it was really a calm grown up, growing up adventure. There, and is that you know. is that typical for a Buenos Aires childhood? Uh, I think so, yeah. I mean yeah, it wasn't like nothing out of the blue. Okay. I mean no no no, it wasn't like something weird. And what would you what would you eat? Like the main thing I know about Argentinian food is, is like steak. And yeah, wine. exactly. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, we uh, we eat a lot, a lot of meat, a lot of. Uh, steak. Every weekend we would have an asado, which is like a barbecue here, but different, but it's like more or less. Cooking uh, outside. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we would have, yeah, with steak, uh, some chorizo with like sausages, like different ones. And that here, like we have a, a version of your black pudding. Oh, yeah. 
which is also is amazing. And but we gather around with every weekend. Well, yeah, you would have like your cousins coming over, your uncles or whatever you know. Your your family would gather around that, and actually also. And that was on Sundays, and on Saturdays, my grandmother from the other side, like from my dad's side, would come to my house, and we would eat pasta. Ah, oh, I love a good like plate of raviolis. Yeah, I love them. It's really good. It's really nice. It's really traditional too. Okay. If you were like out of the actual like the box a little bit. You wouldn't be like you would be a little bit like frowned upon or something. I remember like, oh yeah, what classifies as out of the box? Like guys play rugby and football and girls play hockey. Okay. <laughs> and guys marry girls. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we are all Catholic, you know, and not super Catholic, but you know, like. Yeah, religious. W- w- would your family have gone to mass every? Yeah, Sunday? yeah, yeah. We would go every every Sunday. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, we did that because actually, in San Isidro we have a big cathedral, so it was like really cool to go there like every Sunday, because all the schools would go there. Mm. So it was. I remember like um, Sundays. I think it was eight thirty p.m. Really late. Every teenager would go to that mass because you're like, yeah, let's go there. No one would listen to what the what the priest was saying, but it was so fun. But, but yeah, that's right. Like even if if I hear my parents talk about going to mass on a Sunday, there was a total social aspect to it. Exactly outside of the religion, that when I was growing up, if I had gone, wouldn't have been there. That social aspect wouldn't have been there. Exactly. And I can definitely see how it would have been maybe less of a pain to go in my mum's era than it would be for mine. Exactly. But now, I mean, we grew up and I don't think any of my cousins or my sisters are going to mass right now because all the, you know, religious things going on in the world. For South America, Argentina is feminist in a way. Nowadays, we are more progressive. But when I was growing up, we were still like quite traditional, you know, and the man is the one who needs to work and the women are the one who like... Uh, cleans the dishes and blah 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 you know those kind of things nowadays thank god things are changing <laughs> uh, so yeah I mean it was it was it was fine but I remember having of course my own struggles because my cousins would play football like in the garden and I was I'm crap at football yeah, I mean me too and my mom was I remember like getting like really angry because I wouldn't be playing football with my cousins or whatever. Oh, okay. And it's like, I Where's don't... Where's he wants to hang out with your sisters or...? I, I mean, I was the youngest boy, Okay. right? After me, I had three girls. So, of course... And the other guys, when I was like seven, the other ones like were 15 or something. So they were like in another, you know, stage. So like my teenagers and I was a kid. So I would hang out, I would hang out with my, you know, the, the same age as me. Which were all girls. Yeah. But I remember, like, if we were like in a family meeting or whatever, everyone together, she would like, like, grab my arms, like, go to play football, you know, like, clenching her her teeth, but like smiling. So and anyone, no one could see, like, she was, she was like, I don't want to go. I remember that. Oh my god, those little things. I mean, but apart from those things, <laughs> it was fun. It was mm. good. It was it was good. Crap. So did you have any hobbies you enjoyed? I used to play rugby. 
I don't have a rugby, <laughs> rugby player body, but I played till I was 16. Because my dad was my coach. Oh, it okay. was so, so hard to actually quit. Uh, I didn't like it at all. And but my mom was she's a really she's a real fan of rugby. I don't know why. And my dad also, so he's like, um, and I'm the only guy in the family, so I was the only one playing rugby. It was so hard. Quitting rugby was like the first step to to start doing the things that I really liked. Even though I was a kid, I mean, I was 16, I started going to singing classes, singing lessons. Through school or outside school? Outside school. I went to a, uh, my primary school till I was also, I think, 15, 16 years old. It was a really Catholic, really, really traditional Catholic school. So that's when I grew up blocking all the gay feelings, you know, from six years old yeah. till 15, 16, more or less. Okay. So around that age, I went um, to this school, which was really, really... I don't know if you know the Opus Day. Yep. Well, it was. It's part of the Opus Day. Yeah, they have some schools here as well. Yeah, I, I bet. Yeah, if I like a boy, I'm going to hell. Hmm. So that was. That was crazy. That was. I mean, you don't realize because you're a kid, so you don't. I mean, when I was in first grade, I wouldn't like be thinking of boys that I, because I like them, you know, but. You grow up with all these thoughts of, no, being gay is, is wrong, men should bury a, a woman and blah, 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 all those kind of things. They start, you know, like sinking in your brain. It's, it messes you up. And thankfully, they had to change. That school was a, was a little bit expensive, I remember. And in 2000, 2001, there was a big crisis in Argentina. And they had to change me to a new school. So what age were you and then? I it was 16, more or okay, less. Because yeah. I did the, the last three years, 16, 17, and 18, or 15, 16, 17, I don't know, in this school. Okay. Which they changed me to a new one, which was still Catholic, but much more, like, light. And it was also, like, I had girls in this school, whereas the other one was just an only boys school. Yeah. So it, it really opened my mind a lot. And with those, I mean, with that school, with those changes, I started, you know, doing singing classes I tried because my mom she was she's a real a really like fanatic of sports mm. I don't know what she's got this problem that she needs to see you doing things active things sport things she doesn't want you to be laying around on a Saturday morning it's like mom let me sleep yeah. she doesn't like that okay I tr- and does she ex- does she do play sports she not, not so much no <laughs> She does. I mean, she does tennis every now and then. Yeah. But she doesn't have the time. I don't know. But I remember I tried every sport. I did every... I practiced every sport and I couldn't... I mean, I wasn't good at them or I would quit at the time. So, yeah, I didn't find it. I didn't like them that much. I asked you to suggest a song, a yeah. local song that you might have heard oof. growing up. Um, well, what did you pick? Well, actually, I was going to tell you that because uh, it was weird because when I was a kid... When I was growing up, mm-hmm. I would listen to a lot of music from here. Okay. Not from, perhaps not from Ireland, but like from... English language music. Exactly. Yeah. And I wouldn't listen to a lot of Argentinian music. So the first task was to listen, to tell you like an Argentinian or, some, or Latin music. And it's like, okay, who, who did I listen to? And it was Twiggy. 
Uh, and that's and not the the supermodel tweaking. Exactly. <laughs> but I they told I apparently they put her I mean she put her name because of her or something oh, like okay. that. I would have thought Twiggy was trademarked, but there you go. <laughs> this Twiggy got in there. <laughs> Maybe real Twiggy didn't trademark it in Argentina. Exactly. So, so gap in the market. <laughs> you should look into that. <laughs> so tell me about Twiggy. Um she was I she was a really nineties singer. Yeah. I mean, if you listen to it now, it's like, it's not good. But it's it's really, I love her. I grew up with her. I, I think she was my first cassette. Oh, cool, yeah. And it was like, I don't know, like in fifth grade, you know, 10, 12 years old, I don't know. But I loved her so, I don't know how my dad, my parents didn't know <laughs> I was gay. But it's yeah, like, you've ticked all the classic stereotype <laughs> <Exactly>. boxes. <laughs> it's like, hey guys, I'm listening to Twiggy. <laughs> and I'm not playing rugby. <laughs> But it was so good, and I I never remember the name the the song I gave you. I think it is so. Necesito un, un amigo. amigo. Yeah. I need a friend. It's yeah. in <laughs> that's the translation. Yeah. <laughs> when you were in that first school, I can see why that is. <laughs> but I wouldn't listen. I I mean I don't think back then I was like really into the lyrics, but I remember like sitting down with my own with my old uh, recorder, you know, um reading the lyrics in the cassette, I was so funny. I would listen to that and Enrique Iglesias. It's like, come on. <laughs> Mom, Dad. When did you come out to yourself, so to speak? When did you start thinking, maybe I'm not like everyone else? Now that I see, like, in, ret- in retrospective, mm. I always kind of knew. I mean, when yeah. I was growing up, when I was, I was, when I was a kid, like five years old, perhaps, that you don't have any, like, sexual, uh, you know, desires Knowledge, or whatever yeah. at all. But I remember, like, I would look into guys, like, I don't know, like, oh, like a role model or something, but you know that it was somehow attractive to them. I don't know why. Uh, well, I was gay, basically. Yeah. But I didn't know but what but it was. But it is weird when you look back at things that, as a child, you just think, oh, I'm drawn towards this person's exactly. genes. Exactly. But you know now that there's, there's, like, a bubbling of sexuality under those thoughts. Exactly. And I remember... When I changed to this school, I had a really close friend, Maria. At one point, she she did it. I mean, I know she did it like in a good way, with good uh, intentions, but I wasn't prepared at all. And basically, I came out to her, mm-hmm. a little bit pressured by her. Okay. And and then I came out to uh, a f- my closest two friends, and she told her closest two her closest friends like. What, what are you doing? I mean, it's supposed to be my thing. Mm. And then I remember she somehow pressured me to tell my parents. I was, yeah, 16, perhaps 17 years old. I told them, I was, I remember this, I was like in the living room and it was like looking to the floor. It's like, hey, mom, dad, uh, well, yeah, mm, I think, uh, mm, you know, those things. Mm. I'm gay. Ugh. What? My mom crying, my dad saying, like, I can't believe that. I mean, with the good education we gave you, it's like, what? <laughs> it's like, 
we don't have anyone in the family who's gay. Like, how can you do that? How can you do that to us? It's like those things. It's like, and finally they say, do you want to go to us to a psychologist? It's like a psychologist. Yeah, and it was like, yeah, please, because back then, if I ever told my parents I want to go to therapy, that would be just for crazy people. Okay. I mean, for there was people, like a shame around. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And you wouldn't tell anyone who you were going to a psychologist. So. When they told me that, I was like, yeah, please, I'm asking for that, like, for ages. Give me something. So. Uh, but they, I, they thought, oh, this person will fix Exactly. Him. I wasn't even, I had a really big block on my mind. Hmm. Because I grew up without, I mean, I couldn't understand that two men or two women or whoever could love each other if they weren't just a man or a woman, you know. Hmm. It was just sex for me, like just like um, attraction, you know, yeah. like physical, you know, instincts. So I finally got to, I started therapy with my psychologist, which I love. It's so good. People can be lucky and unlucky. Like you could have got a very religious exactly uh, psychologist or exactly. therapist or whatever. No, thank God he was really open-minded, really cool. But I remember like during, because I, I, I was with him like, I don't know, for two, three years or perhaps mm. more. Every now and then, my mom would be like, hey, so how's your thing going? He's like, what? <laughs> I was so, yeah, that was so stupid. Uh, but I remember eventually he told me, hey, why don't you start, why don't you start like musical theater, whatever? I never thought about that at all because... <laughs> Had you expressed an interest in it or was this like a go-to? Because <laughs> I mean... Another my... gay guy. <laughs> Do a bit of no, Chicago. But... <laughs> <laughs> but my family, I mean, I didn't grow up in a fa- I didn't grow up in a family like really theatrical, you know. Mm. So I've never, I don't think I had ever been to the theater before. Yeah. When he told me that day, I was like, "What? I mean, what would I? I mean, I don't know how to sing. I don't know how to dance. Blah 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 blah." He told me, hey, "Just try, 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 try." Now, okay, I was already in university, so I was like twenty something. I found a place and I started going to musical theater. Mm. I started in secret, actually. I didn't tell my parents I was going to that class because they didn't want to expect. What did they think it was? No, no. I, th- I told them I was going to a friend of mine to work for, I don't know, for a project or something like mm. that. And I remember I loved, I loved it. I loved the class. It was amazing. But apart from that, when I went, uh, when I, yeah, when I went out of the, of the class, my car was really dirty. And I remember like they were written in the, in the glass, like in the windshield. It was like, I know where you were or something like that. You know, like really creepy. Your your friends in the class had written on your car. No, no, no. Someone. Oh. I got I got to the car and I found this like written in the car with, you know, with a finger. Yeah. It's like, I saw, I oh, I know where you were. Hold on, so was, was the car in your house or did someone come to pick you up and on the car? was? No, I went to the class with the car. Okay. And when you came out of the class I to could, walk to the car exactly. park. Exactly. It was written, okay. It was that. And it was like, <laughs> What? <laughs> I was so scared. I was like, you know, you are an in, a, like an enclosed gay. Mm. Like a, I'm, yeah, I'm not. I wasn't out. I was doing this thing which was new for me, and I didn't tell anyone. So you know, when I saw that, it was like, what's going on? Like you, your your yeah, head's like. There's a panic that heterosexual people will never understand. Exactly. And that's when you're in between, and you think people are finding out. And exactly. It's like, I want to shut all these doors. So like it's right now. So. Yeah, you want to block anything mm. that could be somehow gay, you know? Yeah. 
So when I came, when I came home, uh, there was my sister there, and she was laughing. She said, "Oh yeah, I I, wrote, I saw the car. I thought you were in a in a girl's in in a girl's friend." It's like, what? <laughs> it's like, yeah, sure. And okay, Sherlock. <laughs> and I told him, he's like, no, I was doing musical theater. Oh, no way. So then I. I still like it too much. I told my parents, and I did. They didn't get it like at all. I mean, they didn't say anything wrong, but it was like, so what's that? I mean, what do you do there? It's mm. like tap dancing. What do you do? Yeah. But I don't know. Eventually, I I kept going there, and a friend of mine he gave me a musical to listen to, which I love. It's my musical. It's called Bear, a pop opera. If anyone wants to listen, it's in in Spotify. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a story of two guys who fall in love in a really Catholic school. Okay. Where is it set? In the US. I, I remember um, listening to that to that um, um, musical for a whole year, every day. <laughs> the idea of love between two guys, like, slowly, you know, starts sinking in my, in my head. And it's like, hey, perhaps, perhaps love exists, you know, perhaps love between two men or two women exists and blah, blah, blah. At one point, we were in a... In a birthday of a friend of my, of, of ours, also of, of musical theater, he's gay. I was with my musical friends, and we were about to leave, and my friend said, hey, I'm leaving, blah, blah, blah. Okay, let me go to the bathroom. I said, just wait me outside. Great. I, I got out of the bathroom, and my friend, she left. But the birthday boy, he told me, hey, don't worry, he will take you home. And it's like, who is he? I mean, I don't know him. He's a friend of mine, but <laughs> I knew he was gay. Yeah. And he was like, okay. Okay, I was straight back then, okay, because I had blocked it all. And he took me home, and in the car, we talked a lot, blah, 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 and we kissed. Mm. And that was the best, the first gay, really, because I, I mean, I kissed some guys before that, but they were like just, you know, sexual or, yeah, hormone. And this yeah. was like really nice. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so I remember like finished like we, we we finished kissing and it was like wow I'm so gay, <laughs> you know. So the next day I, I called my friends like hey I know I'm gay blah, blah, blah. I started calling to another friend of mine, and then I came out again to my family on my birthday. <gasps> I came out on my birthday. Really? Yeah. Very dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> It's my birthday, you can't give it to me. <laughs> I remember, it was a Monday, so I wouldn't be doing like anything big. So I just had like a meal with my own family. Mm. My parents, they gave me my present. We was a t- I, I remember it was a t-shirt. And it said, get out there and let your soul fly. I was like, what? <laughs> I still have that t-shirt, yeah. And I remember, yeah, we were sitting eating and... I said it again, I came out again to all my family, but this time I wasn't looking to the floor. I was like, hey guys, I want you to know I'm happy and just blah, blah, blah. I'm in the best, I mean, yeah, I'm really happy, I'm gay. I mean, yeah, I mean, my mom, she didn't cry, so that's that's good. Yeah. And my dad was, no, my dad wasn't good. He, he said things like, no, not good at all. But after he was like, oh, I'm free, you know? Mm. So then I started, I remember I, like meeting my friends like every week, like, hey, you know, I, I need to tell you something. And everyone's like, we knew. You know? 
it's okay. How <laughs> would your sisters? My sister was like, of course, the musical theater. <laughs> they did. Well, one of the the two, the, the, the eldest ones, yeah. The youngest, she didn't at all. Okay. Which she is not straight right now. Okay. <laughs> she just came out a few, I think like last year. Oh, okay. Yeah, so which is interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was actually the second coming out was really, really good. Everyone was really nice to me. I was really lucky with that. Because, you know, you are so afraid that people will perhaps reject your... Um, mm. What age were you in the second time? Like 25. Okay. It's a, it's a pity because all my university so, like, nine years... years between, the, between the two of them. Exactly. It's yeah, a long time. And all the university years, which are supposed to be like the most fun ones, mm. and blah, 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 I was asexual by then, you know? Ah, yeah, it was such a pity. And even because even architecture university is like the gayest university in Venezuela. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is. Yeah. <laughs> so, ah, yeah, I missed that part. Ah, I missed the shot, yeah. But it was really good. When did you decide to leave Argentina, I suppose? Yeah, I mean, a lot of friends of mine, they always told me, like, hey, you need to live abroad. I mean, they, they always thought I was. I don't know, destined to live abroad. I don't know when or why or where. Mm. But I remember we were with my cousins. I was working in an architecture studio for, I think it's like six years already or something like that. And it was a little bit like, you know, stuck. I didn't like it that much. I mean, I wasn't growing and I was with my own project, but it didn't in Argentina. It's quite hard and I couldn't like live from it, you know, and uh, and my cousins were like, hey, you are already an architect, you are single, you have the Italian passport, why don't you just give it a shot, just go. Do you have an Argentinian passport as well? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because to leave the country, I need to have the, the, the Argentinian one. Okay. Um, And then is I don't know. That that idea finally got into my head. It's like, hey, I'm that might be interesting to try it. And then I started to to call well to get like people who was living here here in in the UK, in Spain, in Italy and in Ireland. Those were like my first four destinies I was thinking of. The UK because I always loved I grew up like with a lot of English music and English, like, I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why. I, I liked a lot of England. Uh, but, you know, the Brexit was, was about to start. It was two years, three years ago. And I was like, and it was more expensive. So it's, mm, I don't know. Then uh, Italy, I thought, because I had Italian passport, it just makes sense. But I don't know Italian. <laughs> and okay. I don't know anyone who lives in Italy. So it's like, nah, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> okay. And then was between Spain and Ireland. I had a cousin who was living here and I had friends living in Spain. And my friends in Spain were like, yeah, I need to get two jobs to leave because it's really hard. The economy is not blah, blah, blah. And my cousin was like, hey, this is great. I have a few friends here. It's amazing. You would love it. It's like, let's do it. Mm. I mean, let's go to Ireland. And you were confident with like your English and stuff. I knew I was going to struggle. Because um, I learned, I learned in school. But you know, with a language, when you know, with, when you don't practice it, like every now, every day, you, you know, you lose those things. 
some things. And like, I always think learning a language is like one of the most like elitist things ever because you're like, oh, well, I can read this fine. And then you listen to somebody and you're like, okay, can't understand that. And then you learn to understand them and then you find somebody else you don't understand. Exactly. Or else you learn how to have a whole conversation and not worry about it. And then you have to go work in the language. You're like, oh, there's more of it, you know. Exactly. Like even myself, I mean, we work in the same industry. As a native English speaker, there's loads of words in construction that oh yeah, when I, had I to didn't learn, even know of, yeah. and there's acronyms, and it's very daunting. When I had to learn like the like exactly like the technical words for architecture, it was like where to start. Mm. It's like because for me, a beam is a beam, but then you have like I don't know, I don't even know the words now. I forgot them. So I mean, I knew I was gonna struggle with English. I I love speaking in English, so it was a good challenge. Yeah, and I remember. Uh, and I was coming here to my to my cousin's house, so it was good. But one month before I came here, he told me he was leaving. <laughs> and I was like, hey, Greg, I'm going in a month. He's like, yeah, sorry, you know, I'm leaving to Panama. He's like, what? <laughs> so he's like, okay, I'm going to I'm do it. I Actually, it was weird because when he told me, I didn't stress out. Yeah. Because I think it was a good adventure for me to start by myself. Because if I came here with him in his house, I would meet his friends. So I would be like, like always, oh yeah, that's Greg's cousin. Hmm. But then I came here by myself and I met all these people by myself. So I was like, Tommy, you know, that's yeah. it. And I remember when I, yeah, when I was in the airport and I needed to take the air coach to the, to the house. It's like, yeah, I need to go to... Listen Street Upper, I said. And the guy said, oh, yeah, Upper. And he's like, oh, sure, yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, Upper, yeah, Upper. Because here, the, the, all the vowels go to the O suddenly, like pop. It's like not pop, it's pop. Yeah. It's, yeah. Well, yeah, I think our U's are different from what people learn from the English U. Well, exactly. To, to me, an English U and an English A sound the same. Okay. Like, pop. It's P-A-P to me. It's not P-E-P. <laughs> well, we are big on the ooh. Yeah, yeah. Dublin, oh. not... Yeah, Dub- exactly, it's Dublin. <laughs> yeah. It's Dublin? No, it's Dublin. I love that. I, I really like the accent, the Irish, the, well, at least Dublin accent. Um, but I have like a mix of... I have, I don't know, I have like some words I say perhaps in British, sometimes in American, sometimes in, in Argentinian, sometimes in Irish. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I don't know. Asked you to choose a song by an LGBT artist? Yeah, oh, this is a good song. Yeah. I, I, I picked uh, one that is called Tomate el Palo mm-hmm. from <laughs> Mi Bolivia and Leo Garcia. And where are they from? They are from Argentina, both oh, of them. Nice. Yeah. What's it mean? It's really slang for like, get out of here. Oh, nice. Like, off, you know, okay, like... Yeah. <laughs> It's radio. Yeah. It's radio. You can't why. hear the full extent of it. <laughs> but yeah, it's something like that. It's 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 a fun song. When you got here, yeah. was life as you expected? What I think I was... I was quite lucky, of course, to get the house from my cousin here. Mm-hmm. So I already... So you moved into the place he yeah. was in? Okay. So well, that, was, that was really good. Mm-hmm. And having the passport also is really, like, handy. I also think I came with a real open mind. Mm-hmm. It's like, let's let's see what happens. I mean, it's an adventure. 
because I, I find a lot of like people coming here is like no uh, you know with bad energy you know because something happened to them or blah 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 uh, you knew where you were coming because no yeah because the weather is is raining all the time it's like yeah I mean but you knew it was gonna be like that <laughs> I mean you're not going to Australia you're coming to Dublin I mean yeah. you knew it's gonna be rainy I think I, I came with that somehow positive energy or open-minded that I try to grab all the good opportunities and make the best out of them yeah so I, I really uh, when I before coming here I didn't know a lot of Ireland I mean I knew some bits of it but I didn't know a lot what did you know I was expecting <laughs> I knew I knew something of the story of, of your story guys with the with the English and, mm. and all those things And I knew, I actually, I listened to a lot of Irish singers. Okay. Because in Argentina, U2, the Cranberries, and yeah, they're really big. Mm. Coming here, I wasn't expecting a real, like, multicultural city. Okay. At all. I was thinking, because I knew, I know it's Europe. I never been to Europe before, so this was my first time in Europe. Okay, okay. Yeah. Ever. So that's why, like, I didn't know anything. I was expecting more, like, Irish people, a lot of red people, red-headed people. Yeah. <laughs> And some immigrants. Okay. But when I came here, it's like, what? There's people from all around the world. Uh, so that was amazing. That was really good. Actually, I have a friend who lives in London. And when he comes here to visit, he tells me, like, I can't believe the amount of people speaking in Spanish here in Dublin. It's quite a lot. There's <laughs> a lot of people. Mm. Yeah. It was, it was a really good surprise. I love the city because it's a small city. It's low, like in height. It doesn't, it doesn't have, like, really tall buildings. You can walk everywhere. You have the canals and the, the parks. I really like it. I really, yeah, I really like the, the, the whole, because it has some something uh, like a town vibe, even though it's a capital city. Mm. You know, people take their time to do things. Once I was in Bray, the train, the dart wasn't working, I, the, the, the dart, I think it just worked until up to Bray, I think it was. And I wanted to do a walk to Greystones. I was by myself. I finished up in, in Greystones. I walked to, the, to, the, to Greystones, to the city, to the town. And I didn't know how would I come back to Dublin. And there was a guy in the bus of, hey, and he, he was Irish. And he was like, hey, I need to go to Dublin. Oh, yeah, don't worry. Come with me. I'm going to go there. It's like, That would never happen to me in Argentina <laughs> at all. We were in the, in the bus talking, blah, blah, blah. And the bus then just, apparently he's, you know, he, he would finish up. And we were like, no, but we need to go to the train station. Oh, don't worry, guys. We will, I'll, I'm going to take you to the bus station. The bus. Yeah. The bus saying, like, not in service. He took us to the train station. That, those things are so good. I think you guys, do you take it for granted? In, in big cities, you don't get those things. How did you find making friends with Irish people? Like, are we, do you find us clicky? Is it hard to make uh, friends? Because I would say, and maybe I shouldn't say this before I colour your opinion, <laughs> like, I, I think we're very friendly, you know, when we're out and we're drinking. Yeah. But it's hard to get Actually, any further than that. Yeah. I mean, here uh, I met a lot of people from different countries and I was lucky to, I am lucky to have some Irish friends. For Europeans, you're quite open, you're quite okay. friendly, but still you're not like Latin, so you're not as open perhaps as we are. Mm. Like, you know, 
giving hugs and you know and inviting people to their homes or whatever you don't do that here that no. much but i was lucky to have uh, to 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 make friends with with irish people and yeah i mean it is kind of weird. Well, you said you said you said it. I mean, when you get drunk, guys, you speak and you're really friendly and you give hugs. And, hey, I love you. And blah blah blah. But then when you are you're like, hungover the next day, yeah. <laughs> and we are, when you're sober, it's like, hey, what's up? And you have this weird thing. You don't know what to do with your hands, or you just like you don't know how to say hello. Because I would give a hug. I mean, I would give a hug or, or, or a kiss. But you guys are like, hey, um, like from the distance, like from afar. It's like, hey, how are you? Yeah, especially. Guys, I find. Yeah. Because I'm a hugger as well. And I've kind of got to the point now that I'm like, I'm just going to force the hug. <laughs> you know? exactly. Unless obviously they say don't hug me. Well, I'll just yeah, exactly. go in for the hug. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, we're not allowed to hug anymore. But that's, no, that's no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. Yeah, I always go to the hug too. I mean, unless they actually show me don't hug me yeah. at all. But it's so funny because uh, some Irish guys, I remember like in my last job, I was my, I think it was my birthday or or Christmas or something like that, and I had an Irish guy sitting just beside me and just to congratulate me or something, he would give me a hug because he knew I, I like I like giving hugs, but he, he was so awkward for to give a hug. I remember he was hugging me, but his face was like two meters away from my face, <laughs> and it's like, hey, nothing's gonna happen, you know? You can <laughs> it was so funny, but no, I mean, apart from that. Apart from the the physical part, and uh, it takes a lot, it takes a little bit more time to make an Irish friend, but you are quite open. I mean, for are you, for European, uh, yeah, among the Europeans ones, I think you are really friendly. And how about the LGBTQ community here? Yeah. Well, it's it's good in a way, and it's but in a way. It's good in a way that you don't have like a like a gay area like in, in New York or like mm. in London, like in Buenos Aires, or like a lot of gay pubs. You have a few of them. Yeah. But everything is quite, you know, mixed, which is good actually. It's good that we that LGBTQ LGBT uh, Gay, queer people. <laughs> <laughs> Much easier. Yeah. yeah, queer people like meddle with, with straight people and it's great and it should be like that. But also in a way for like um, having dates or perhaps trying to pick up guys, it's much easier to go to the gay pubs. Mm. <laughs> Whereas, and here you don't have that much. Well, because, no, I was going to say because of the size of the city, but you have loads of pubs, so you could you could do more <laughs> pubs actually. <laughs> But, I mean, that's the thing. And apart from that, I haven't met a lot of queer Irish people here. I mean, I met a lot of queer people, but from different parts of the, of mm. the world. I see, like, I see a lot more non-Irish people, I suppose, as a ratio when I'm in a gay bar than I do if I'm on the street, for example. Ah, uh, and probably a okay. lot of the Brazilian population yeah. in Dublin. Yeah, know? there's a lot of, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot. Um, but I never really see people intermingling. I always see the white boys with the white boys and like the, the Brazilian boys with the Brazilian boys. I re- unless they're kissing, I don't see them really talking to each other. Oh, okay. I never th- Is that your experience? Uh, I never thought about that, actually. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird what to say. I'm going to... I'm going to... I haven't Keep been, actually... I haven't been to a pub to... A, well, of course, quarantine. 
But apart from that, I haven't been to a, a gay pub like in ages, I think. I think. So I was out in the George recently, you know, I mean, recently. Yeah. At this like... point, just <laughs> months ago. <laughs> you know, in January, yeah. And uh, the DJ was playing a lot of uh, Anita. Really? Yeah, you know the, the Brazilian singer? Yeah, I don't know a lot of her songs. Uh, nor did I. But, <laughs> like, obviously, the Brazilians all loved it. But I thought it was really good and yeah. inclusive. That, you know, I we shouldn't have to only hear English music. I was hearing Thank Portuguese. You. So I, uh, Thank you. Thank you. I would have liked some more Shakira, but I mean, but you <laughs> not need a lot to, of Colombians in the room. You need so. to listen to Shakira in Spanish. I'm, I'm trying. That's I'm another Shakira. Okay. <laughs> That's another Shakira. Um, no, no, but it's true. I I think actually, yeah, I've been to the George several times, but sometimes the music can get like really electronic perhaps. And, you know, for dancing, it's not that good electronics. I miss a little, a little bit of like reggaeton or those kind of music that really make you dance. Because Tramline is the reggaeton place. E- exactly. Oh, I've been there. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> But it's full of Latin people in general. Yeah. Yeah, but it's good. (laughs) (laughs) So what's one thing, as Irish people, we should be working on, do you think? What what can we do to improve the Uh, life for people who come from abroad living in Dublin? I think you guys need to be more open with your feelings. At least least men, I mean. Because when I speak to my friends here in Ireland, uh, my Irish friends... Uh, about I, when I told them I, I I went to therapy a few a few years ago, it's so funny because people would see you here like, oh, that's crazy, that guy is like he's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> and in Argentina, it's so common to go to the. I think we are the country with most psychologists per people. Okay. So yeah, uh, but when I listen to you guys, sometimes I feel like I'm talking to my friends like 20 or 30 years ago. You know, like it was Argentina a few years ago. But now we moved uh, through that and now with my, even my straight friends in Argentina, we can have like really deep conversations about our feelings and, uh, and we would say like, I love you all the time and it's really, it's really good actually and we can do it sober. <laughs> yeah, you're hitting that's, on something there. <laughs> that's the point. That's the point. And I think that's the thing you guys should try to work a little bit more. Like get in, get more in touch with yours. Don't be afraid of your of your feelings. Just give, if you want to give a hug, just give a hug. If you want to kiss someone, just kiss. I don't know. You know, mm. be more spontaneous. Perhaps I don't know. The stereotype of the emotionless Irish man is is very well known here. Yeah, and I have friends, and they would say that it's not that they're necessarily frightened of their feelings. They don't know how to express it. Exactly. That's why. Yeah, it is. It is really tough, and. And also, like, start believing a little bit more in yourself, like in your country and in your thing. Because in, in little things, like, for instance, hey, how was your weekend? Your answer would be like, oh, not too bad. It's like, why? Why is not too bad? I know it's an expression, but it's, it comes from the negative. Mm. So it's like, hey, it was great, it was good, but, but it's, it's not too bad. And you're never trying, I mean, in a way it's good because... You're humble and you don't want to, you know, uh, show off in front of people or whatever. But sometimes, just do it. Just, <laughs> just do it. Embrace yourself. I mean, you are. You have a great country. You are great as, as a as a as a 
people, as people, yeah. I, yeah, embrace it. Nice. Cool. <laughs> so we're going to finish off with some cranberries. Perfect, yeah. Which song? All to my family, I think it was, yeah. Yeah. Why? I love that song. I love that song. I love the cranberries. And yeah, I listen to a lot of with my with my family, actually. That okay. Music, so. nice. Really good. So thank you very yeah, much thank you for, for this. It was amazing. <laughs> Thank you to Tomas for being so honest and sharing his story with us as part of Hearing Queer. There are four more episodes to go, which will take place at this time, 9 to 10, on Liffey Sound every Wednesday for the next four weeks. Next week, I'll be speaking to Blaze, non-binary person from Singapore, and they'll be sharing their story about how they came to Ireland and what led to that event. Have a great week. Stay safe. I'll talk to you then.